Hello, this is Fiona, one of the co-hosts of the DMs Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we read about some Dungeon Dragons and discuss how we might include them in our role-playing campaigns. For this episode, I decided to do something a little bit different in honour of the spooky season. I recorded a playthrough of Night of the Living Dead, a solo quest adventure set in the Forgotten Realms. Published by TSR in 1989, Night of the Living Dead is part of the Catacomb Gamebook series, which, according to the blurb, represents the ultimate challenge in role-playing adventure. Through lavish illustrations, readers would journey from chamber to chamber in search of the precious object of their quest. Analytical powers would be tested to the utmost, as readers must decide how to deal with the weird and wondrous creatures and artifacts they encounter, using a simplified D12 rule system. I'm just going to start the playthrough by saying naturally there will be spoilers for this adventure, although I have abridged some parts of it, as well as noting some content warnings for the story. Content warnings for this solo adventure include themes of death, peril, violence, memory loss, self-harm, suicide, and, naturally, undead creatures. Thanks again. And I hope you enjoy. The Hall of Heroes, a tall marble-columned tomb, towers among the smaller family crypts like a warrior prince amid a crowd of admirers. Trees and shrubs, now bare of leaves, stand protectively around it, spreading their branches like guarding hands. Here are buried the fighters, generals, and champions of every battle in Waterdeep's long history. The inscription above the marble doorway reads... Strive to make their memory as precious as their loss. Your joints grind as though sand was poured into them. Your tongue lies dead in your mouth. And always your chest arcs and flattens as the lungs try futilely to draw breath. I have lost both, so I know, you think. There is no memory as precious as the life they lost. But you honour their sacrifice. Perhaps one or more lie awake, as you did, and you can enlist their aid. Will you enter, go to 18A, or go elsewhere, return to 14A? Yeah, let's go in, I think. Entering the Hall of Heroes, you feel sharply that here you dwell amongst your own. Gazing on the veined marble and vaulted ceilings, on many of the carved records of courage, loyalty and sacrifice, and on the offerings of flowers and reeds from the living, you feel inspired to continue your quest. To one side, you see the entrance gate to the main vault. Through it, you hear the lapping of gentle waves. Another universe lies beyond the doorway, a far dimension holding nothing, it seems, but a sandy shore and a body of water, as vast as an ocean, as peaceful as a lake. On the shore, all who died in battle lie in their final rest. The main hall is reserved for the greatest heroes of the city's history. Passing through the gate, cast centuries ago by the eccentric mage Anacasta, you see nothing untoward. The spirits here remain at rest. The beauty of the scene is lost to your undead eyes, but you feel reassured that the lich's influence has not spread this far. Back in the main hall, the only disturbing note is a broken tomb. Rubble litters the ground before it, as well as a skull. You may leave, or look further around. So I have a choice. I can investigate the hole in the wall. Um... The plaque, the skull, the other tombs, and the offerings. I'm guessing the hole in the wall refers to the broken tomb. So, probably should look at that. The skull might... Uh, well, mm, the skull might be also important here. Alright, I'm going to roll for it, because again, I've not rolled yet. Um, odds, I look at the hole in the wall. Evens, I look at the skull. That's another 12. Getting all those 12s out now. Um, so yeah, I look at the skull. 
You pick up the skull and cradle it in one hand, thinking of life and unlife. Perhaps the spirit ripped from this mass of bones left a trace of recollection. You bring out the shrunken head. It smells around the eyes and jawline and an over-the-fractured brain case. Pain, it says at last. What? Pain? Great pain. Surprise. Vengeance. Something about assassination plot. More sniffs. Abraxa. It says nothing more. Sounds like a laundry list, the weasel says. While you try and put all that together, mark evidence box A on your bookmark. Then return to 18A to look around the Hall of Heroes or go to 78F to leave. Oh, so I've got some evidence. Evidence box A. Cool. All right. All right, so back at the Hall of Heroes. So the main things I've got, I've got, I could investigate the hole in the wall, the plaque, uh, done the skull, other tombs and offerings. I chose the skull last time, but the other option I wanted to take was the hole in the wall, because uh, that's where the tomb had sort of exploded, so I might as well look in there. So let's go to 26B for investigating the hole in the wall. Through the hole in the tomb wall, you spot long splintered boards, apparently the remnants of a coffin. The boards look very old. There is no trace of a body. Cerebral, you ask. What of this? The head <laughs> sniffs around the hole's edges like a bloodhound. It remains silent for a long time. It finally says, Animate dead spell cast here. Day ago, maybe more. Very powerful. Animate dead. A mage raised the hero in this tomb as an undead monster, and seemingly one of the stronger undead at that. The idea revolts you. What kind of undead, you ask? More powerful than a zombie or a skeleton? These are the least of the walking dead. Yes. What kind? Duno, says the shrunken head. There are no signs of undead anywhere in the Hall of Heroes, though. Except, of course, yourself. Turn to 18A to continue looking, or leave in 78F. Hmm. Worrying. Right, so my other choices in this hall is looking at the plaque, looking at the other tombs, or looking at the offering. I think we should go look at the plaque next. So that's 126B. The plaque reads, Here lies Capurion, beloved of family and city, who in single combat slew the wizard Harunt. Ah, saving Waterdeep and the world from sorcerer's tyranny. The plaque lists Calpurian's dates of birth and burial, far apart, but both over a century old. The name finds a birth in your vacant memory. In the days after Agarin passed away, but before Kelben Arunson became Archmaze, a wizard had tried to destroy the city with a water spout from the harbour. The Night of Black Wind, it was called. Calpurian and a band of adventurers entered the wizard's tower overcame many guards, and Carperian vanquished Harunt, ending the menace, a story told to children to this day. But wasn't Harunt the name of the other lich, Abraxia's collaborator? asked the weasel. The coincidence is too close. Return to 18A to keep looking around, or leave 78F. Hmm. Sounds like Harunt has raised their champion, which used to be a rival. That's probably not good. I bet 
Calpurian's stats are in the back. All right, so we've done the hole in the wall, we've done the plaque, we've done the skull, we've now got the choice of the other tombs or offerings. I'm going to say the offerings because I feel like if we go to the other tombs, I might get attacked by something. Whereas the offerings, I think that's a safe bet for now. And there might be some information there. So that's 117E. Some of the heroes in the hall were entombed within living memory, and relatives or grateful beneficiaries of their deeds still leave offerings under their tombs. Looking around the hall, you see typical specimens. Will you investigate a small bouquet of flowers, 106A, a wreath, 93F, a bottle of wine, 34D, or return and keep looking or leave? All right, three choices. So I've got a small bouquet of flowers, a wreath, or a bottle of wine. Hmm. I assume the bottle of wine is something I can drink. So I might do that. The wreath would be interesting. Maybe small bouquet of flowers. The wreath sounds heroic. Okay, I'm going to roll again. This time, so one to four is the small bouquet of flowers. The wreath is five to eight. And then nine to 12, bottle of wine. That is a nine. So the bottle of wine it is. Oh, what a shame. All right, let's go to that 34D. You examine the bottle of wine. It's a red wine from the Kalamshan vineyards far to the south. The bottle is not dusty. Presumably, the keepers of the Hall of Heroes don't allow such offerings to gather dust for long before they are put to good use. You find you know nothing about the winter, nor whether the wine is relatively expensive or from a good year. You don't think you ever knew that much about wine. You hold up the cerebral. It sniffs the cork and immediately shouts, Wine! Red wine! Drink, drink! What? I should drink this. Give drink! Me, me, me! Drink! The shrunken head shouts quite loudly. Will you give it a drink to quieten it down or not? Ooh. <sighs> this is the problem. If I damage the cerebral in any way... I know the lich will come for me, but you know what? <laughs> I'm an agent of chaos. Okay, again, I'm going to do it again. So odds, I give the drink to the shrunken head. Evens, I don't. That is odds. Oh my god, that's the first odds I've rolled. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give the shrunken head a drink to quieten it down. So that's 160... Oh, 106B. You uncork the wine... Not knowing what to expect, you pour a small dollop of liquid down the cerebral's throat, that is, into its mouth. The wine spills out of either corner, but the lips turn up in a broad grin. Give me a little more, it croons. What? More, more. Grasping the request at last, you pour it some more. It twists gleefully by its hair, then begins to sing tunelessly. Oh my god. Oh, what will we do a drunken dragon? Now it's been to a glaron. Oh, stop that. It drinks its wine in a tank of wagon. Twenty invites done and gone. The screech is deafening. You shove the head down inside your armour where you can feel it trying to lick your breastplate. I'll tell you, says the weasel, I've never yet met a drunken head that could hold its liquor. Oh, no. Unless you wait here one hour to let the cerebral sober up, you won't be able to examine anything in your next location because it is too stupefied to help. Oh, damn. 
you can't look at anything more around here. Whether or not you mark an hour off, leave the Hall of Heroes. <sighs> you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to mark off that hour. Oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> Stupid head. All right. Um, cool. Well, then I will leave the Hall of Heroes if I can't do anything else here. You're standing outside the Hall of Heroes in the City of the Dead Cemetery. Mark off the half an hour you spent exploring within if you haven't already. Okay. We will look around the Hall of Sages, the House of the Homeless, or elsewhere in the City of the Dead. Each of these visits take half an hour, or spending essentially no time, you may go to the walls of the cemetery and head for Waterdeep. Now, I'm mm, I'm trying to work out, so I would have always spent half an hour there anyway. But if I said, oh, I spend the, the hour, is that good, then going to be like an hour or an hour and a half? I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to make it another 30 minutes. So the cerebral, or my shrunken head even, um, is sober for the next one, but I've spent time. So I am at 90 minutes currently. Now, I don't want to go to the house of the homeless. I don't have anything there. I still don't have any pieces of the staff. And you've got this one bit of evidence, evidence A. Um, elsewhere in the City of Dead, I wonder what else there was. Let me go back to 14A. Ah, so my choices are House of the Homeless, uh, which I don't want to do because I don't have anything yet. And that's, I think that's the final location. We've got the statue of this famous hero whose name I can never pronounce correctly. We've got my own grave, or we can go... Or we can go to the walls of the cemetery and look around Waterdeep. I feel like we need to explore more around here. I am going to... Okay, so it's going to be a toss-up between the statue and my own grave. Okay, odds. The statue uh, evens my own grave. Evens. So that's 148A. I'm also quite glad because it means currently I don't have to pronounce that name again. <laughs> Morbidly fascinated, you return to your long-time dwelling place. The shallow grave looks fresh. Tumbled clots of earth, still damp, lie strewn across the grey-brown bricks of the path. But I remember lying there for so long, you think. How can the grave be fresh? I spent months, no, years. Thinking back on your solitary prison, you find that an undead body cannot shiver. But you recall the long agony vividly. Oh, excuse me, is it time to moan again? Says the weasel. I forgot. Why is the grave so fresh? He asked desperately. You had a lot of time to yourself down there. Maybe you imagined days into years. All that about life spirits wandering overhead, seasonal rainfall. No, you could not have imagined that. Even now, you sense the oak tree's life nearby. A slow slumbering principle coiled within the trunk, waiting for spring. And from your sketchy memories of the City of the Dead, you think that one or two of the crypts are new. They were not here when you lived. The weasel itself is the proof. It could not have decayed to bare bones in a matter of days. Perhaps you were moved. In that long nightmare after you learned of your undeath, you retreated into the dark recesses of your mind. Anything might have happened too quickly for you to notice. But when? Who? If I were you, and I am, says the weasel, I would stay here and meditate on it for, oh, hours and hours. After all, you do have an entire day to stroll round the city and pick up those pieces of the staff. Let's waste more time here. It's disturbing to think that your own mind can be so sarcastic. You walk away from the grave once more. Go back to 14A and choose where to go. 
So now we just have the statue or the water deep, and I think the statue is the way to go. So that is 47A. You remember Agaron somehow? He governed Waterdeep for two centuries from the days of log barracks and troll walls right up to its early glory as a trading centre. He set up the guilds and chose the first of the secret lords of Waterdeep. Looking up at the tall statue of the robed wizard, you see him as a father. He stretches out his arms to greet you, his daughter. N no, that's not right. You strain to remember, Ageron has been dead for generations. He had no children. You never knew him. He was called the father of Waterdeep, and that's it. You learned that in... in the army? But your father, then, was... I think, uh, was a cleric. A humble temple keeper of little importance. He was so proud when the god chose you for service. The god? You wander hopelessly in the labyrinth of lost memory, finding nothing else. A voice rouses you. Oh, wake up, says the weasel. Spending all day here? The cerebral says you spent half an hour here. You cannot afford to waste more time in recollection. Quickly, you look over the people sprawled unconscious at the statue's base. Now and then they twitch and grimace, troubled by nightmares. An attractive young woman lies on the highest step, and a young man within arm's reach of her. Others drape across the concentric steps, lie stretched like torture victims at the bottom. Their life essences cover their bodies in a brilliant aura that flickers through many colours. In your time as an undead, the life aura is the only beauty you have seen. The only potentially useful item here is the city watchman's sword. You add it to your list of possessions, if you wish. It's not magical, but a spare weapon could come in handy. Mark off half an hour to go elsewhere, return to 14A. Brilliant. Okay, I get a sword. And another half an hour, so that's two hours. I will say this. So far, all the characters I've interacted with have been male. And I've desperately tried, whilst reading it aloud, to change pronouns, like to they at least. And I have made myself define myself as female but it's incredibly tiresome <laughs> like why why i know this book is like over 30 years old but even choose your own adventure choose your own storybooks when i was younger there were some like rl stein choose your own goosebumps where you weren't named and you didn't have yeah you weren't described at all in any way but everyone had the relationship to you so it'd be like your sister your brother your auntie etc and that was obviously much better because then you, it's because it's you in that action rather than this other person. So I'm a bit eh, about it, but whatever, you know, it, it is of its time. Yeah, I've pretty much visited everywhere in this cemetery. Now, I can't go back to the Hall of Heroes. There's nothing much else in the sages, I don't think, unless I was going to listen to that ghost talk about flowers for a bit, which I think would be a waste of time. So I think now is the time to climb up on, onto the wall around the cemetery and look out over the city of Waterdeep and plan my next move. And so that, I need to go to 82A. Ah, see art on pages 80 and 81. Well, this is not good. There's that horrible fog spreading over the whole city as far as I can see. But more importantly, I can see that whirlpool that our lich friend was talking to earlier in the harbour. It looks like... Castle Waterdeep is okay. Waterdeep. City of splendours. City of a thousand years. Centre of art and commerce in the Forgotten Realms. Most prosperous on the continent of Faerun. Leader in fashion. Trader in a thousand wares. 
the envy of all and servitor to none. Home to well over a hundred thousand men, women and children, human and elves and halflings. Home to merchants, artisans, wizards, moneylenders, scholars, guildsmen of every profession and persuasion. Lords, ladies, gentry, thieves, peasants, princes, every character known through civilization. Waterdeep, jewel of the north. And now the walking dead shuffle through its streets, unchecked like ants on a carcass. In winter, famous Waterdeep Harbour ices over, the city shuts down, no traffic moves in or out. What better time could the liches choose to enact their plan? Should the city perish, few who live elsewhere in the realm would find out before green grass. From the high brick wall around the city of the dead, you look out across the city. Buildings crowd on each other, streets twist like twine, patches of grey fog, the effluvian drifts everywhere. In the harbour you see the whirlpool, and the once quiet harbour proves the truth of all the lich told you. You recall this view from your life, you think, but... But in life, the wards of the city never seemed to sprawl so large before you. The city is divided into seven districts, or wards. The city of dead, where you now stand, is, is one such. The others are listed below. Choose a ward to visit, and then go to that ward's entry to find out more about it. Each entry lists places there that the cerebral says may hold a piece of the staff of Waterdeep, or other places that are also helpful. Uh, another way to choose locations is to pick one from the map on the inside back cover. Wards are bound by heavy lines. Each location within a ward has a section number. Go to that section to visit that location. Now pick a location to continue your quest. Either choose one from the map on the back of the inside cover, or choose one from the wards below. So we have the following choices. We have the Castle Ward, the Dock Ward, the Northern Ward, the Sea Ward, the Southern Ward, the Trades Ward, the Water Deep Harbour, and the surrounding countryside. Okay, looking at the map, so the closest wards to me are the North Ward and the Trades Ward. Castle Ward's a little bit further away, Sea Ward's up towards the northwest. The countryside's behind me, the Southern Ward and the Waterdeep Harbour. <sighs> Maybe I should go round, because I have to make my way back to the City of the Dead anyway, or by the harbour, so I think maybe going up and around. So I think if I go towards the North Ward, then the Sea Ward, then Castle Ward, and then follow my way down to like the Dock Ward, the harbour, yeah, making my way around that way. So yeah, North Ward will go to 148B. More northeast than north, the so-called North Ward is large, spacious, prosperous, and above all, respectable. Here live the nobles, exquisitely refined descendants of those revered entrepreneurs who plundered their neighbours, murdered the peasantry, and sacked the battlefields of centuries past, then had the good sense to purchase baronies with the loot. Their offspring have achieved status that they could never know. In this well-heeled district you find many villas, all masterpieces of architecture, or at least of conspicuous consumption. Most of these roosts have been abandoned for winter, their residents flown south. One particular villa seems to interest the cerebral, though, and you may visit it at 58A. Catering to the remaining clientele are a number of shops that sell furs and pastries and dragon skin boots, and there is the Gentle Mermaid Feast Hall, 62A. Hmm. At least one of these places holds a piece of the staff, says the shrunken head. If you don't want to visit either one, go back to 82A and choose another ward. Well, I think this is an easy choice. I, we're definitely going to go to both of them. The Gentle Mermaid sounds amazing. 
But if the cerebral thinks there is a chance that a piece of the stack is found in this villa, we should go there. So, 58A, let's go. It's just one thing after another, drones the weasel, its monologue an incessant accompaniment up the high road. Get dug up, meet the lich, find the staff of Waterdeep. Okay, sounds fair, off we go. The land rises as you head north. The streets widen. The homes stretch higher and wider, more of them taking up entire blocks. This is the North Ward, home of the wealthy. Hold the sword and the good old trunken head around the city of the dead, says the weasel. Here's the staff there, not that I've heard. Then out into Waterdeep, only 10,000 different places to look. Has the staff decided to confine itself to one small neighbourhood? It is to laugh. The cerebral has guided you almost to the north gate, where the high road reaches the city wall and heads hundreds of miles up the coast towards Luxon and the inaccurately named Neverwinter. On the long walk, you have not seen one living person, except for the hundreds felled by the effluvian. This mighty wizard Kelben, continues the weasel, sure is a cosmopolitan sort, isn't he? Wants to enchant a staff, he doesn't pop down to the bazaar and tells the woodworker, make me a nice staff of water deep, there's a good fellow. No. You have come to one of the city's largest mansions. The home, as you can tell by the silver gold crest shining on each side of the house, of the Bross Feather Clan, magnates of lumber and fur trapping. The weasel's tirade continues. So Cal Bennett embarked on a grand tour of all the really nice, neat spots of the city, recruiting all the good-feeling items right out of people's hands. Excuse me, is that your prized potato peeler? That shall do nicely. Hand it over. Don't they have a law against that? People always say, never meddle in the affairs of wizards, but this one sure did have his share of meddling in everyone else's. You enter the courtyard by a brick archway. The gate hangs open by one hinge. And the weasel shuts up. Water falls gently in the fountain, and a light breeze stirs the foliage. Were you alive, you would not help but admire the building's elegance and the courtyard's charm. But now you are unaffected. You feel certain that this life is different from the one you lived. These thoughts fly through your mind like the bird that flies through the courtyard, and the creature swoops by you with a spectacle of gears and ratchets, you recognise it as a mechanism, an automaton. It lands clumsily on the courtyard fountain, shouting, Chop it down! Two skeletons carrying axes by handles thicker than their own bones are chopping it down. A fruit tree, fully leavened even in the dead of winter and bearing many different kinds of fruit. Magical. As you watch, one of the skeletons swings its axe and strikes the trunk, and the other follows suit. The tree shudders with every blow. Chop it down! Chop it down! croaks the bird. Will you try and stop the skeletons? Uh, go to 112E. Attack the bird, 97F. Let the skeletons chop down the tree, 107F, or leave 117F. Um, I'm going to attack the bird. I feel like it's, well, I mean, the skeletons, there's two of them, but the bird I can take on. So I'll do that. Uh, so that is 97F. Let's go there. You stride up to the annoying plaything and swing your sword. The delicate mechanical bird flies to pieces. Chop it! The metal clinks and clatters and scatters everywhere. Spring sprung. The skeletons pay no attention and keep chopping at the tree. Oh no. Bright move, comments the weasel. Now we can stop the skeletons by throwing that bird's innards. 
You shake your head ruefully. You cannot examine the bird now. Oh, balls. Return to 58A to make another choice or leave. Well, let's go stop these skeletons, eh? 112E. How can you stop these wretches from destroying this rare tree? You may attack them or try commanding them to stop. Otherwise, they will chop it down. Okay, um, let's try attacking them. First time, why not? Let's go for it. So that's 159C. Let's go attack these skeletons to stop them from destroying the tree. Ah. As you rush at the skeletons, sword drawn, a voice from the archway rings out. Defend yourselves! Now the skeletons, who have been oblivious to your attack, bring their axes up to fight you. Your sword crashes into bone, shattering the free arm of one of the skeletons, but not hindering it a bit. Proceed with the fight using the skeleton stats from the combat table on page 160. Each skeleton has a mere seven undead points, for these are the lowest of the undead, but each of the skeletons can attack you in a turn, whilst you only may attack one at a time. Yeah. You may escape at any point by going to 50F. If you win, go to 55D. If you lose, the adventure ends here. Alright, so let's write this down. So we've got skelly one and skeleton two. Here we go. So they have to... Oh, so they've got to roll a four or less to hit me. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to try and attack skeleton one. So I'm going to roll my d12. And I need to get seven or under. Ugh, ten. So I miss on my first attack. Uh, skeletons. Oh, one hit straight away. That's four damage to me. Ow. Second one. Ah, misses completely. Whiffs it. All right, back to me. I'm going to go again. Oh, seven on the die itself. So I obliterate one of them with eight points of damage. <sighs> Goes. I get the one that hurts me, and I'm like, Wah! and then second skeleton now goes. Three. Oh, that hits me. So that's another four points of damage. And then I'm going to roll again. Oh, four. Yeah, so I easily, handedly get those creatures. I have just seen that on the combat sheet on 160, my paladin memory trace B should have 50 on life hit points. But then on the actual bookmark, it only has 40. That's really annoying. Mm, I'm going to change it so that I have those. If it says that, I'm going to do that. So I am now on 42 hit points. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So I won. So 55D. Panting with the effort of battle, you regard the pile of bones with satisfaction. You're about to sheathe your sword when a chilling voice calls from the archway. Very well thought, it says sarcastically. But to do more, you must face me. You turn to the archway but can see no one. Your dry flesh stirs with excitement, or is it fear? Will you go to the archway and meet the owner of the fearsome voice? Go to 54E or flee? Go to 117F. We're going to fight this person, whoever this is. Yeah, so 54E. Oh, check the time on your bookmark. Ah, if it is between 6am and 7pm, go to 82D. If it's before 6am or after 7pm, go to 64D. Well, it's 2am currently, so let's go to 64D. I like that, how that's different halfway through. As you approach the archway, a tall, slender form steps out of the shadows. With your night vision, you can see it is nearly human, but its slow smile reveals wicked fangs, and you know it for a vampire. Instinctively, you avert your eyes from its gaze, and it strikes. <gasps> the vampire commander's statistics are in the combat table. 
If you reduce it to 7 unlife hit points or less, go to 142E. If you want to escape, go to 148F. If you lose, your adventure is over. Oh no! Ooh, okay. Vampire Commander? Oh. Okay, so the Vampire Commander, on a 9 or less, it hits. And it has 40 unlife hit points. Oh my god. That's brutal. On a 9 or less, it deals 8. I I'm going first. <laughs> Alright, so I need to get 7 or under on the d12, so first roll is... That is a 10, so I do not hit. It lunges for me. That is a 9. Oh, I take 8 hit points of damage, so that is... um, That's 34. I'm on 34 hit points. Alright, I'm going to go again. I'm going to at least try a couple of times. Uh, a 5. I do hit it for 8 points of damage. It's going to go for me again. Ah, oh, it misses. That rolled a 12. Misses. It lunges again, and I manage to back it off again with my sword. Okay, my turn. Four. Okay, it takes another eight points of damage. Oh, God. Math, not good. Uh, yes, it's on 24 hit points. I'm on 34. All right, so that was me attacking it. It's go. Ugh, it gets me. Rolling a four. So that is... 26. So I'm on 26. It's on 24. I'm going to go again. Uh, a 6. I've rolled a 6. So it takes 8 points of damage. 16. Ah, oh, hits me on 5. I'm going to go down to... Yeah, we're both on 16 hit points. Oh, oh, do I want to escape? So if I get it down to 7 unlike hit points, so if I'm able to do it in the next turn, then I, I effectively, I think I win. Otherwise, I will skip. So I'm going, to, I'm going to chance I'm going to have one more turn. If I don't do it, I'm going to leave it. All right, so this is my roll. I need to get seven or under. Yeah, i got to get seven or under. Oh, that's a six. Oh, no, wait. I've mucked up my... T Damn it. It's down to eight. Oh, no. Oh. I'm going to roll for it. It's probably going to hit me. No, it doesn't. Oh, it rolled an 11. So it misses me. This is like a proper struggle now. Okay, I'm going to roll again. If I can get it, because it's on 8, I need to reduce it. I can probably kill it. That is a 9. Oh, it's so close. Okay. Okay, it's going to... Yeah, it's going to go again. An 11. Oh, it doesn't hit me. Oh, this is tense. I, I like the idea that it's on top of me, trying to put me down. I'm like, no! I roll. Oh, that's a 3. Done it. Oh, killed it. With that three, I use my sword again just to, like, bash it in the head. And I've reduced it to zero on life hit points. Whilst I'm on 16. Ooh, that was, that was very tense. Oh, okay. Go to 142E. If I was that other knight, I would be dead. As you bring your blade down for another blow, the vampire swiftly dissolves into foul mist. It draws away as if on a breeze. The voice still sounds from the elusive mist. Strix will hear of this. If the skeletons are intact, they flee with their commander does. Return to 58A to look around or leave. Okay, so, whew, all right, so we're okay for the moment. I hope there's some bloody healing in this game. So, the tree is still there. The fountain is still there. The bird is no longer there. Uh, there's the axes, the archway, no, and the tile around the fountain. Let's go look at the tree. The skeletons really, and this vampire really wanted to cut it down, so we should check on it to make sure it's okay. 112B. The 
tree is laden with fruit of all kinds, apples, pears, plums, and some you do not recognise. You let the shrunken head tell you what it smells. Magical tree. Gift to bronze feather family from wizard friend many years ago. For family prestige in community and kindness to wizard has spirit life. Indeed I do, says a gentle voice inside your head. But at the moment I am in pain, madam. What can I do for you? Water from the fountain will heal my wounds. Will you kindly bring some? You do as a tree bids, splashing a double handful of fountain water onto the bark where the axes had bitten. As you watch, the wounds close and the bark looks smooth and perfect. My thanks, says the gentle voice. Allow me to offer a token of my gratitude. And before your eyes, the tree grows a fruit, a fist-sized sphere of iridescent green. It bobs gently on the branch. You reach for it, but hesitate a moment. The tree seems pleasant enough, but it might hold a grudge against all undead for the wrongs it has suffered. Will you eat the fruit? Go to 71C, refuse it, and return to 58A to look around, or leave 117F. Uh, I eat the fruit. I, I just saved it. I just killed a commander, a tree from it. So I think, I think I'm okay. So that's 71C. You pluck the fruit and sink your teeth into it. There is no real taste to it. Your undead body cannot enjoy this earthly pleasure, and yet there is a faint, enjoyable sensation. You feel invigorated. You are healed of all damage. Your unlife total is now the same as when you began your adventure. We're back up to 50. Oh, thank goodness. You thank the tree spirit and return to the fountain to bring it more water. You are most kind, the spirit says. Though your limbs and bark seem dead, I perceive that your roots are still sound. I only wish I could do more to help you in this blight. Oh, thank you. Return to 58A to keep looking or leave 117F. Oh, thank goodness for that. That is remarkable. Phew, God, that was tense. Whoa, good job, me. Um, okay, so uh, I need to go back then to 58A because we still haven't found this piece. So we've looked at the tree. I've destroyed the mechanical bird. I wonder if that's where the... Um, I wonder if that's where the staff was being held, perhaps. There's also the tile around the fountain, the axes and the archway and the fountain itself. Let's look at the fountain. Might as well, right? So we go to 41D for looking at the fountain. You approach the fountain, shrunken head in hand. Magic, it says slowly, taking in the details. In fountain, at base of statues, speaking stone. What's it doing here, you wonder, reaching into the water and easily finding the stone? Friend of noble family, great wizard, left it there, intending to retrieve it later. Wizard Baronoid, afraid someone was trying to steal his speaking stone. What happened to him? Killed by people trying to steal speaking stone. You may take the speaking stone if you do not already have one. It lets you speak to beings who are not undead. Return 58A to look around further or leave. I will take the speaking stone. That's cool. It means I can talk to people. That's quite cool. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, in that case... Let's look at the tile around the fountain, then. That's 37B. The designs in the mosaic are colourful and some parts are big enough to stand in. You step inside one of these spots and hold the cerebral 
down near the tile itself. A short sniff is all it needs. Minor magic, it says, waiting for greeting. What harm could it do? You knock the hilt of your sword against the fountain. Instantly, a translucent spirit materialises in the air in front of you. Greetings and welcome, friend, it says cheerfully in a pleasant tenor voice. Its elfin's face smiles and its wings flutter. The Brossfeather family is unable to see you now. If you will give me a message for them, I'm sure they will be delighted to see you later. The fairy doesn't focus on you since it isn't really there. The apparition is meant only to record messages of visitors and nothing more. You step out of the pattern and the sprite vanishes. Will you look around further or leave? Yeah, we're going to look around because we still haven't found it. Mm, the only thing I can look at now is the axes, perhaps, because mm, the archway doesn't help. Let's look at the axes. So that's 24B. Axes. Appropriate, you decide, because you recall that this noble family, the Brossfeathers, made its wealth in lumber. The axes are ordinary. They remind you of a time when you were a girl and helped your father fell part of a woodland. With a shock, you can picture your father clearly. His kind smile, bright eyes, weathered face. He sent you on the path to your god. He taught you the basic values of life, as well as so many useful skills. How he values goodness and honour. How you admire him, though he was a humble man in many ways. As you struggle to remember more, the image in your mind eyes fade, and you are left with only a vague idea of who and what he was. But, like birds fluttering about a forest cottage, the memories hover on the fringe of your consciousness, and you remember another phase of your life. Read the next section of your memory trace. After you are done, you return here. So the next memory trace is 56G. A woman, kneeling on stone steps, head bowed, flaxen hair flowing over armoured shoulders. Corinna. Her name was Corinna. She murmured in a low, sweet voice, praying. Suddenly, rage filled you. The memory vanishes. So, annoyingly, there is no other options. I've stopped the skeletons, I've looked around, I've killed the thing. The only thing is I've broken the mechanical bird, which I can't investigate. However, it does say, if you've been to the Bross family villa before in this adventure, stop reading here and go immediately to 152D. If it's your first time here, keep reading. So I was keeping reading to this point. I think now is a good time because I know there's a piece of the thing here. So I think I'm going to go to 152D now. Because I've this is me looking around and I'm like, well, there's nowhere else to do because the archway just leads me back to that combat. I don't want to go to the combat. I've, I've like I've done it already. So let's do that. Uh, 152D. It just says if you did not prevent the skeletons from chopping down the tree when you were here, the tree, the bird, and the skeletons are all gone. There's nothing of interest here. You may leave. If you prevented the tree's destruction, it is still here, but the bird and skeletons are not. Mm. So the bird. It, I think the bird was it. That's really annoying. Oh well. All right, we're going to leave then. That's 100. That's 117F to go to. You depart from the courtyard and look around to regain your bearings. The only other place nearby that arouses the cerebral's interest is the Gentle Mermaid's Gambling Hall, within half an hour's walk in the North Ward, or go to pick somewhere else in the Water Deepening. Well, it sounds like we're going to go there, so I'm going to tick off another half an hour. So we're at two and a half hours. We'll go to the Gentle Mermaid. And that is at section 62A. 